Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but we wanted to stop and take just a moment to tell you about this month's sponsor. Exactly. This month's sponsor is the Memphis School of Preaching, and what they have done is that they have graciously given us a prospective student goodie bag. And so, if you're a prospective student, this is specifically for you. If you've thought about the Memphis School of Preaching, if you've thought about any kind of preaching school at all, the Memphis School of Preaching obviously is a great place to go. Both of us are alumni from there. Um, But in this goodie bag, you're going to receive obviously an application, you're going to receive some books, uh, some promotional items, just some things to help you understand about the Memphis School of Preaching and who they are and where they're from. And Michael, in fact, before we tell them about how to win this, do you want to give them a little bit of history behind the school? Yeah, the Memphis School of Preaching began in 1966. It's a two-year program. They have transferable credit, a graduate program, state-of-the-art facility with apartments for students, the Hardeman Library, which is one of the best biblical resource libraries in the area. There's no tuition or fees. There are scholarships available. They have VA benefits. They're accepting applications now. And if you're thinking, well, what if I don't win? Well, I've got good news for you. You can write, call, or visit msop.org and get a catalog and an application. And the secretaries there are excellent to work with. They will gladly talk you through everything. Both of us went through Memphis. They helped us get everything ready and put an apple pie order so that we could go there. And so, uh, Caleb, tell us when this is going to be announced, the giveaway winner. The giveaway winner for this will be announced on the first Monday of March at 10 a.m. Just look at our social media pages, and it'll be there. Now, in order to enter this giveaway, it's twofold for you. What you first have to do is go to our website. Go to scatteredabroad.org. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website. There you can enter your name and your email. Um, And once you've done that, you'll be entered in to win our giveaway. Also, you have to go to msop.org and sign up for what is called the Yoke Fellow. Once you've done both of those things, you'll be successfully entered in to win this giveaway. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Scattered Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we're really excited that you're with us today. Today, we're talking about continuing our theme in 2021, Scattered Yet United, united in spite of our differences. And this is an interesting and difficult conversation that we have to have because there are so many differences that we have in the world. I mean, you can just look around and see we have different tastes in food and music. We look different in some cases. We act different. And so we have to find a way to be united despite all of that. And so I'm going to kick it over to Drew Suttles, one of our hosts, and ask him for the opportunity to explain how Christians are supposed to be different. Well, the first thing I'd like to say regarding Christians is that we are God's people according to the teachings of God's word we've responded to that thus we're his children Christians are to be in the world but not of the world not to be conformed to this world but transformed Romans 12 1 and 2 in Titus chapter 2 11 and 12 Paul says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly and the end of that is in this present age So in this world, this is how we are to live, soberly, righteously, and godly. Uh, Two verses later, Titus 2.14 speaks of Jesus giving himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. And so that, that statement right there, as Christians, we are to be different from the world. In fact, the church, the ecclesia, the called out. Called out of what? Called out of the world. Called out originally into Christ by the gospel, 
2 Thessalonians 2.14, but you think about the church, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, for example. What a description we have of God's people. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And then he says that you were not a people, but now you're the people of God, being called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So all these descriptions that we find in, in the Old and New Testament talks about Christians being different. So I've got four thoughts here how Christians are different. Number one, we're different. We are to be different in conduct. That's the way we live from day to day. We are to be different in conversation. And of course, the Bible says conversation, that's the way you live, but uh, practically speaking, how we talk. We are to be different in how we talk, what we listen to, and things of that nature. So different in conduct, different in conversation, and different in conflict. As Christians, we are to uh, respond differently to conflict as those in the world. And by the way we respond, People will see that, and they'll know there's something different about us. But finally, we are to be different in character. And character is defined as what you do when no one's watching. But you could also flip that around. The world is watching us as Christians. That's what we find in First Peter. The world, they think it's strange that you don't run with them. Something's different about you. The world is always watching us as Christians. So we have to make sure that, yes, we're in the world, but we are not of the world. I'm reminded of what was said when people had encountered Jesus on one occasion and they came back and they reported and said never a man spoke like this before That's right. and there was a difference in the way that he was teaching and of course we know when we study the the context of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and other religious leaders they had made the teachings a lot more about themselves than about the actual truth of the matter and trying to focus more on what they could accomplish and they saw Jesus as a threat but the people who had been in, uh, been in and around Jesus were able to say He's different, That's right. and we're expected, as we mentioned in episodes you know, before and as we've mentioned over and over again, the idea of being like Paul, who was trying to be like Christ, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, and trying to be people that when you look at the plan, it starts with Jesus, and we are to imitate him and all other things, and if he was different, we should be different too. But right. some people, they, they kind of treat being different as a sin, yeah. and so Josh is being different a sin you know kind of just piggybacking off of what drew said when you look at the new testament and when you look at the christian life it is a different life it is a life that is based and molded after the teachings of jesus but you know when you look at the world in which we live in today so many people want to be like someone else you know and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because you know whether it's a certain athlete you know i always tried to mold my game uh, after a certain basketball player or golf after a certain golf or whatever the sport is and being different especially from the religious world it separates us from everyone else now where we get in trouble is when we begin to look like everyone else when the church begins taking on the identity of something the new testament never talks about there's a sermon i preached a few weeks ago and and, and the title of the sermon was a uh, spiritual identity theft and basically, you know, how people uh, have their identity stolen and the basis of the sermon was how sometimes people who are claiming to be Christians, uh, they're, they're taking an identity that don't belong to them. They're, 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 they're trying to take something um, that they don't have a right to. Uh, but again, the Christian life is a different life. Again, if, if we're going to live like God, and that's his intention for us to live like him, if we're going to uh, go about our daily lives then then of course we need the bible we need his revelation to do that uh, psalm 40 psalm 42 1 as the deer pants for the water my soul longs after thee 
uh, Psalm 119 11, thy word have I hear that I might not sin against thee. And so our doctrine is di different. What we preach is different. Uh, I can remember one time we had a member, a, a visitor come in and, and she was saying, you know, listening to the sermon, she said, you know, this is different from something I've never heard before. Well, that's good. That's a compliment. But, you know, sometimes people leave just the way they came in because there's no distinction with the doctrine, with the gospel. So um, is it a sin to be different? It depends on what it is. Doctrinally, absolutely. Because we all have to be in agreement. We all have to walk by the same rule, mind the same thing. And sometimes people say, well, we can't see the same thing um, as brethren. Well, we have to if we're going to be right with God. And I know Houston's got something. In, in just a second, I want to get to him to mention that the one problem we see in our world today more than anything is we're allowing certain matters to define us that aren't supposed to define us. When the Bible was written, it was not written for uh, white people only or black people only. It was written with a mindset that any person could pick up the book, they could open it, they could read it, and find what they need to do to become a Christian. That's right. right. And when we talk about being that set-apart group of people, it's, it's exclusive only in the sense that there's a plan that you have to follow, but anybody can follow that plan. And everybody, it's all inclusive to people, but it's exclusive in the sense that not everybody's going to obey it and follow it. But God has a plan and a place for each individual race, for each individual person. And when we try to bog down in the differences that we find in, in and around this world, we make it a sin, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Uh, Romans chapter 6, 17 and 18, they have obeyed from the heart that form, that pattern of teaching that has been delivered to us absolutely that's right houston you had something you wanted to mention about drew's question yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna try to build upon um <clears throat> what drew said in regards and he referenced uh first peter chapter two and then in the in the first chapter of first peter peter calls back to leviticus when god told the people be holy for i am holy and we typically we think of being of as holiness as something um well, it, it's almost uh, um, mystic in, in some, some sort of way, but a very simplified way to look at holiness or being holy is being different. When God told the, uh, the children of Israel to be holy, he was telling them, don't be like the surrounding nations. Don't be like them, but rather be holy <coughs> like I am. And then Isaiah chapter 6, when we get that glimpse of, of the throne of God and the angels are, 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 are singing, holy, 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 they're saying there is no being, there's no entity like this one, like God himself. And so for us to, to be holy is to be different. That's right. Different is not wrong. I mean, I, I listen to the Dave Ramsey show. People know what that guy's all about. And one of the things he says is normal's overrated. Be weird. I mean, it, you know, everybody's normal, and the normal people are not usually necessarily having a great quality of life anyway. And if you look at that from a spiritual standpoint, being normal is adhering to the devil's doctrine, living like the world wants you to live, accepting things the way the world says to accept them. And when you look at what being weird is to the society standards, being weird is following the pattern that God has set before you. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, know what faith has to do with all of that. But when we talk about being weird people— that's a that's a perception. People can look at us and perceive that we're weird, but if we can showcase to them that despite our differences, we can be united. 
And I think the beautiful thing about the church is that that's what you should find. You should find people from all walks of life, doctors, you know, plumbers, people that work in different capacities and fields, being able to come into the assembly and sing holy, 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 and understand that the only common denominator we all have is Jesus. And being different, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think, right. I think so many people... When they talk about difference, they try to they try to like blur the lines, right? To be as close to 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 the world, to be as close to sin without actually being in it, and yet you can't be holy, you can't be set apart, like you're talking about, yeah. when you're trying to be as close to it as you can. Yeah. That's right. Anybody have anything else they'd like to add on that? Real quick, it was in Second <clears throat> Corinthians six seventeen, going into seven one, uh, going back to the Old Testament, Paul did that too. He said, "Come out from among them and be ye separate." You know, and, and don't have anything to do with that. So, again, it goes back to that idea, and, and Houston mentioned it, First Peter 1, 13 through 17, be sober-minded. It's mm-hmm. how it all starts. Mm-hmm. Clear your mind of all this stuff that's going on in the world. Yes, you're in the world. We can't escape it. The only way is death, of course. As we live in this world, we've got to be different, and the world's going to see that. Chase? There's a place where differences don't matter and should not and cannot uh, allow us to be divided but then there's also a place where there are differences between us and the world that by their very nature is going to divide us from the world and and we cannot allow ourselves to be united with or in fellowship with darkness rather than light that's right we have i've heard this phrase a million times probably in my life in the world but not of the world that's right and that's the whole purpose of when we're called to be transformed out of it you know the podcast that caleb hosts that idea of being transformed out of the world is we we can't escape it like drew said the only way to do that is to die and i don't think any of us are ready to go anytime soon (laughs) and yet at the same time we still have to deal with the the problems of this life but i think an issue as we kind of transition to our next question towards houston that we find in the church a lot of times is differences among brethren and sometimes differences are fine and they're easy to get past you know we're not all going to agree at the same time we're not always going to be on the same page but there are other times where differences cause strife and i'm going to tell a quick story and then i'm going to throw it to you and ask you this question i heard of a a church that had no indoor plumbing and they finally decided they were going to put in indoor plumbing and there was a particular family that got so up in arms about that and they said if you do that we're going to leave and they went to a congregation that already had indoor plumbing And you stop and think about the silliness of that and the sad nature of what that story tells. But what that was was a difference among opinion that ended up causing division. And I think we've seen a lot of that in the past year that we just experienced and got out of, all these different opinions that we can't come together and reason. And so, Houston, how do we get past differences among brethren? Okay, well, there's three three passages of Scripture in the New Testament that um, where there were some differences there were was some contention among brethren one being uh between uh paul and and john mark and not much is is mentioned about that so we're not going to go there then we also read about the the kind of uh, contention between paul and peter we read about that galatians chapter 2 and we know why that that occurred and there needed to be division there or contention and difference but I want us to look at, at two, two women. Philippians chapter 4, uh, we read about two women, Yodius and Syntyche. And Paul, I believe much of the Philippian re- letter was intended 
for them because you read a lot about being of the same mind and keeping the peace of the church, etc. And Philippians 4 and verse 1, or excuse me, verse 2, Paul says, I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche uh, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat you also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with uh, Clement also and with my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. And then we're going to reference a couple more passages. But I believe here he gives us some advice, some subtle hints on how to get past our differences uh, one of the first things that we're going to have to do is brethren are going to have to get involved. Uh, we don't want to go out and we don't want to get somebody else uh, and try to get them to be on our side. But as brethren, when we see contention among, when we see uh, differences among brothers or sisters, we need to get involved and try to resolve that, do whatever we can to, to, to help the situation, be peacemakers. But not only that, this is, this is also a piece of worldly advice, but the scripture alludes to it as well, is that we've got to find common ground. You're not going to get past your differences unless you can find some common ground with one another. That's the reason why Paul says, true yoke fellow, you're, you're, you're bonded together, you're bound together, you're my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. You're, you're all in this together. You're all there together. So help one another out with this. And so we've got to find some common ground on that. And backing up just a little bit, it also helps to understand what the difference is to begin with. What's the first rule when you're, in a, when you're in a debate with somebody? It's to define your terms. And a lot of times you'll find out that when you get into an argument or you have a difference with somebody, you probably agree with them and you don't even realize it. And so you have to understand what the difference is first, whether it be a difference of a, of, of, of whether it be a cultural difference, whether it be a difference of opinion, or whether it be a, a doctrinal difference. But then notice when he goes on back in Philippians 4, uh, he says in verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And this is still in the context of bringing these two women uh, back together, having peace between them. And so not only does the brethren need to get involved, not only do we need to find common ground, but we also make sure that, that God is still involved as well. And then on the final, the final thought, uh, verse 8, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, uh, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So if we keep a positive attitude, that will also help us get past uh, some differences that we may have with our brethren. Chase? Sometimes we, we don't, want to, don't want to overlook this either, but sometimes you have individuals in congregations, sadly, who thrive off of highlighting differences in people to the point of purposely causing division. Mm -hmm. I think of Diotrephes in uh, Third John. There's only one chapter, verses 9 through 11. John writes, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren. 
and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Diotrephes was one of these evil people who thrived in in an environment of causing division, and we need to constantly be on the lookout for that as well. And, and if we're not, you can think about the Church of Galatia. What happened is someone came in, Galatians 3, and don't know how they did it, but they had convinced the southern churches of Galatia to go all the way back to the old law. And you think that people aren't persuasive with their words? An entire group of people in Galatia were convinced, multiple churches were convinced to go back to the old law because of somebody's smooth talking and division that they caused. I love what you said, Houston, about the idea of common ground. I hate the word compromise. When we talk about the Bible or really in anything, my wife and I, if we're going to have a disagreement, we'll often say, can we come to some common ground and find out where we're in agreement because you have this opinion, I have this opinion. Let's meet in the middle and find this. Let's not compromise. Let's be united. And that's what we're trying to talk about being united this year. And if we have common ground, we're going to be united. We're going to have all this stuff in front of us at any moment, and we can say, no matter what, we're united. Houston, you got something else? Well, and, and I failed to mention this. The only place that we can truly, that anybody on the face of the earth can find common ground. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you uh, somebody who is outside of Christ and somebody who's in Christ, that they, that they uh, share the same likes. The only way that you're truly going to find a stable common ground, a firm common ground, is in Christ. And that's why Paul uh, alluded to that. But with what Chase said, and this is what I wanted to mention, is that there are some, some brethren that just will not get past differences. Mm-hmm. And, and in those situations, we, we've just got to wipe the dust from our feet and, and move on and pray that we never come across anybody like that, though likely most Christians are going to. And we have to remember when we do dust off our feet, how we do that is, is critical. You know, we don't want to make some public spectacle of it in front of the congregation and say, I'm never being around you anymore. But we we find a way to just say, well, I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree and let's move on. Admonish admonish them as a brother. That's right. They're still your brother. They're still your sister. Now, Chase, you know, you might remember growing up those pictures that you would have where it'd say, spot the differences. Right. And you have to figure out which picture is missing things from the original, look at the copy, and they've taken some things out. So how can we spot differences in doctrines? Because when you study, there are a lot of doctrines out there that are close. Right. They're almost all the way there, and there's, they're missing a couple of key pieces here or there. How can you locate and pinpoint those differences? Well, I'll give you an example, Gnosticism. They tried to highlight carnality versus spirituality, which is something we should highlight and Paul talks about, but they took it to an extreme that was wrong, and they said it's impossible to be in the flesh, basically, and be righteous before God. Well, what did that do? Well, it it said that Christ, who is the Son of God, could not have possibly come in the flesh and still be God, so they denied the deity of Christ. So they took a good concept at first, and then they perverted it and took it to an extreme that was false. They took something that was highlighting spirituality versus carnality, and they said anything of the flesh is automatically sinful. Therefore, Jesus came in the flesh. He must not be God, and that's false doctrine. So oftentimes false doctrine starts from something that was true doctrine, but then they twist it and they form false doctrine uh, 
taking away from the true doctrine. So where do we get our doctrine then? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for many things, one, in, one of those being doctrine. Now, the Bible does give us that doctrine, but we have to ask ourselves, who, is, who, who does that doctrine belong to? And the answer is Jesus Christ. 2 John 1 verse 9 calls it the doctrine of Christ, and we have to abide in that doctrine. If we are not abiding in the doctrine of Christ, if we transgress it, then we no longer have the Father and the Son. That's what John teaches us. So no relationship with Him. Well, if somebody is contradicting then clear Bible teaching, then they are guilty of, of teaching false doctrine. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, 1 Timothy 6, 3. 1 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Uh, possibly dealing with the Catholic heresies there or the Judaizing heresies there or maybe even the Gnostic heresies there. Now I urge you, uh, Romans 16, 17, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. And then Hebrews 13, verse 9 says, Do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. And then I'll give this brief analogy uh, from my dad. My dad is a chiropractor, and when he went to chiropractic school, one of the very first major lessons that they learned was in learning the anatomy and physiology of the human body, you need to understand normal. You have to understand normal anatomy and physiology because what are you going to do if you immediately go into the abnormal? You are going to realize there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different illnesses and ailments that can befall the human body. And so if you don't know normal to start with and you just immediately jump into the abnormal, it's going to be very difficult. But what if, but what if you know normal? What if you are an expert in the normal anatomy and physiology of the human body? Then you will very quickly and easily recognize the abnormal, the disease, the ailments, and that will help you be a better doctor. It's the same thing with us. We need to be experts. We need to study to show ourselves approved unto God. We need to know normal. We need to know true doctrine. And then it's going to be very easy for us to spot false doctrine. That's right. Houston? One of the, thing, one of the questions I ask myself in terms of, of the difference between false doctrine and, and opinion is, is this a matter of salvation? Because sometimes it could come down to what another brother may think it is a matter of salvation, but it actually is just his, his opinion. And it may not be a false doctrine in that regard, but I still have to listen to him as long as it's not damning to the soul. It, is this that he is this belief that he holds is it damning to the soul of himself or to his own soul or to the souls of others and if it is uh, then we have to we have to draw the lines and, and get down to to studying with one another or having a discussion or something and we have to let the bible do the talking there. i mean we could argue all day long about jephthah's vow 
right? I mean, <laughs> y'all remember that day in school. You yeah. could argue all day yes. long about that, Matter but that doesn't salvation. mean that you're going to find the answer if the text doesn't explicitly provide it. Yeah. And so there are some things that are what we call a matter of opinion, and so they're just that. Your opinion is your opinion. My opinion is my opinion, and as long as it's not going to damn my soul or your soul, we can either be right or wrong. It just depends on how we figure it out. Romans and 14. That's right. You have these scruples, you have these things, and you don't get into fights just for the sake of getting into fights. And so the differences that Chase was talking about, they don't typically happen quickly. They happen gradually. And then eventually you look up and you're too far gone. And so we have to be able to spot these differences quickly. But we certainly appreciate everyone joining us today for this opportunity to study on Scattered Abroad's podcast. Uh, we're thankful that you have taken that time. And please don't forget, you can find all of our social media links, the email links in our show notes below. Uh, don't forget, we've got the sponsorship going on and our giveaway for this month. And so in order to do that, you need to remember to subscribe to our email list. You can go to our website and scroll to the bottom, put your name and email in, and you'll be added to our list and entered into the giveaway. And every day at Scattered Abroad, we strive to give you biblical content, and we do our best. We've got great hosts, great bloggers, all that stuff to try to put before you the Word of God in a simple and clear way. And so I want you to look forward to this week's episodes that are coming out. And on behalf of everyone at Scattered Abroad, thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.